This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. What? Okay. Oh my gosh. Hey siblings, you're listening to I Have to Call My Sister. But you already know that. My name is Stacy and my name is Kayla. Need a pump up? We got you. We'll say it like it is. And yeah, make me laugh a little obnoxiously. <laughs> oh my God, just start the show. Hi. Hey, Kelly. Hi, girls. Thank you so much for coming on our podcast. You're so cool in America. Oh I always God. feel like we're like the Canadians that are like, oh, the cool like Americans from the US of A. Um, <laughs> I feel like we suck a bag of dicks, um, especially <laughs> now. Uh, I don't know, but you guys kind of suck too at this point. So I think it's just yeah, a back and forth of like suck. who is like dealing with more fuckery in their country. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I also exactly. feel like we try to like copy. So even if it's like a bad thing, a negative thing, we're like, well, we better do something controversial as well. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Make headlines. That's all that matters. Exactly. Exactly. Um, okay. The thing I wanted to say w- before we were like hitting record was that you literally look like a cartoon because your smile looks like like the Cheshire cat or whatever. Like it goes oh like God. the biggest so smile I've ever seen in my life. Your teeth look like they're cartoon. Well, they're fake. That also sounds like that's a, okay. I was gonna say, but you also are like making it not seem like a compliment. But I know no, you're complimenting a- her. You just said your mouth looks like a cartoon because your teeth and mouth is so big. Like no, that no, does no, not no, sound no. like a compliment. <laughs> She's trying to say that your mouth is beautiful. Yes. But you did it in like a weird twisted way. No, I'm saying because it's like a cartoon. It's like nobody can have that unless you draw but it. But people that don't know us yet will think that that was like a weird thing to say. Okay, well, just know it was a compliment. Are you trying to hit on me but not doing it well? Is that what yes. we're getting yes. to? Now that you're pansexual and I'm bisexual, yeah. Yeah. is this what we're doing? We're like really awkward This is third like graders? way of flirting. Yeah. Like, hey, yeah, your mouth is really cool like a cartoon, so... <laughs> This is your version of pushing me on the playground. Got it. Okay, fine. We can hang out. I get the point. That is so funny. Um, Thank you. My teeth are fake. I paid a lot of money for these. Are they? I I want that so bad. Like, are they the Invisalign? Um, no, they're all veneers. I mean, veneers. That's what I meant. That's what I meant. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, you thought she just got them straight? No, 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 She no, means no. like yeah. they're fake. Yeah, yeah, also veneer, had veneer. braces. Um, okay. no, you know what's super weird? I never talk about this. Um, I was always very shameful about having fake teeth and the whole thing, but now it's whatever. I was born, I don't know what they're called, but the two teeth right next to the middle big ones, they yeah. came in like baby teeth. They didn't come in like adult oh, teeth. And so they're really, ever. really tiny. And I have, I mean, I'm a big woman. I'm six one. I have big teeth. And then I have these two like tiny little teeth. And so I <laughs> started getting fake teeth when I was like 14 or 15. And then I've had really? to have them redone three times because my gums get really infected and it's really disgusting. Oh. It's a whole thing. So I finally got them done in a, like the best possible. Um, but they're fucking expensive. Um, but they yeah. also look great. So thanks. Yeah. But like it's worth it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's so funny because I always talk about 
about how I'm like, yes, live your truth, be yourself, like, don't like hide anything. And then I'm like, I have a f- wig on right now. I have like <laughs> fake eyelashes Drawn on all the time. On eyebrows. My eyebrows like, are yeah. not real. Like nothing is real about me, but live your truth. Yeah, live but truth. <laughs> that is your truth, right? Like it makes yes. you feel really good to have a wig on. It makes you feel good to have eyelashes. I was always super anti everything. If you had fake boobs, if you had Botox, if you had injections, if all the things I was like, well, that's not super authentic. What, like, what are we doing here? And now as I get older, I realize we're all just trying to do our best. We're all just trying to feel our best. And so I'm yeah. kind of like, do whatever makes you fucking feel good. Like, who am I yeah. to say, you know, I know I was super judgy about people getting Botox because I was like, at what point are we going to like stop? Like our faces will always hate our faces if they're always improving with whatever. But like, who am I to say that yeah. sitting here with my fake ombre, yeah, like just because, pink yeah, hair, exactly, exactly. just because it's in your face. Like yeah. I'm doing the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> Wow, I didn't know I'd get a reality check two minutes into the podcast. (laughs) But I'm here for. Okay, great, 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 great. Okay, so Kelly, if you, this is how we always like to start it. So we kind of want you to just give us like, Stacey always says it like the elevator pitch of yourself but you can make it like a little bit longer than an elevator pitch. (laughs) So just explain like who you are, what you do. And just, yeah, take it away. I'm a badass <laughs> boss bitch. That's who I yes. am. No. So <laughs> my background story, grew up in Southern California, was the top volleyball player in the country, recruited everywhere, ended up going to USC, co-captain the team, got really sick after my sophomore year. So I had chronic illness and didn't know. Um, so I had to uh, retire from playing volleyball. I was bedridden for about six months. Um, so I spent the next 15 years being really, really sick while at the same time starting my television career. And I was in LA and I was interning at, you know, Fox entertainment, Fox news, ABC, um, got a lot of experience at USC covering the football team and volleyball and was hired by ESPN at 21. And that started my TV career. So I worked in TV up until about three years ago and, uh, ended my last job was covering the Lakers and the Dodgers. I was the the pregame host, um, did all of their shows down in the field. Yeah, it was super fun. And then, um, I left that career, went through some sexual assault salt stuff um, with a colleague and had just been sick for so long. And uh, when you work in TV, the hours are grueling, like it's crazy. Um, And so I was just running my body into the ground. And so for a lot of reasons, I was like, this is a toxic environment for me. I'm going to go ahead and leave. Um, And so I left and then I started my podcast um, because I'd been interviewing people my whole life. It's all I knew how to do because I'd never really had another job except for Lululemon. That doesn't really get you anywhere. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So I could like fold clothes or I could have a podcast. So I chose podcast. (laughs) And um, I started out talking about chronic illness and alternative methods of healing. And for me, it was okay, I now have access to all these great doctors and healers who are helping me heal. And I healed in a year and a half after being misdiagnosed for like 14 years, which was crazy. Um, And I really wanted to have a space where women could come and have conversations, have resources, be able to think outside the box and find something other than what you're finding on Google. And it kind of took off from there. And it has been many iterations of who I am. I know you guys know this, like we evolve so much, our show changes with that, what we're talking about. And so over the years, it's now kind of gone into sexuality and spirituality and just kind of like the big questions I ask myself. And I share a lot of my story and what I've gone through and, um, 
you know, I went through a lot of grief and tragedy last year. Our puppy was killed. My mom died, obviously being the pandemic, um, just like lots of things. And so I just, I share it all on the show. I share it while I'm going through it. I feel like when I was in TV, I was kind of living a double life. I was suffering behind the scenes, but then I had to be like the hot chick in a mini skirt, talking to guys and being an entertainer. And it just felt, it was exhausting trying to be two people and I just couldn't keep up. And so now I really come from a place of, I just, I have to be myself at all times. I have to share where I am because that's what feels most genuine to me. Um, and then in that time, also started our production company, Soulfire Productions, and we produce about 40 podcasts. And um, I launched that with my now fiance. We got engaged a couple months ago. We're getting married in two months. Uh, we have two dogs. We live in the mountains. I think that is my life story. How how overwhelmed are you right now? Like, like I have the so most amount of questions and I can't even handle because, it and it is all off script. Like, hey, like here's the thing and here's the thing, here's the thing. She legit gave an elevator pitch. Like she wasn't like, like, I really you, did my best work for you on that. Oh, I forgot I'm bisexual. I realized that. Again. <laughs> I'm gonna just drop that shit in there. Well, and that's what we were gonna talk about. But, but like now, no, no. There's way more questions. There's There are so many more. Okay, so okay, here's yeah. the thing. So, okay, as you guys know, we have guests on this podcast that we find like interesting and have amazing stories and like as you know from that elevator pitch we're gonna have to take a minute and go through each subject like because each subject at the beginning of this podcast we were like can you tell us about your like bisexuality and like how you just came out because you have a long-term boy or well now fiance who is a man and that kayla and i have talked about it as well like we also are dating long term but also like can, can, I don't want yeah, to no, I'm I'm fully bisexual. And I'm pan, pansexual, yeah. bisexual, whatever. I don't know. Someone last time was like, you should just start saying bisexual. And then I, and then I got mad at them. Who <laughs> cares? Labels but, mean nothing. Yeah, who cares? Who cares? Who cares? So anyway, so we were like, yeah, that's what we should talk about today. But like, Kayla, we have to go to, off But script. that's also crazy too. Okay, we're, we were talking too much. Let's get into it. Okay. First of all. Start. Kelly, <laughs> can you tell us about your chronic illness? What uh, What is it exactly? Yeah. So when I got sick, well, first of all, let me back up. I had mono for eight months, my freshman year of college, which that's unheard of, but it was such a red flag that I didn't know to pay attention to. So that was the beginning of the end for me. Um, so it was super sick. Then I came back from that and was in the best shape of my life. I mean, I was killing it. I was named co-captain of the team, all the things. And then one day my left leg gave out. And I thought, you know, I'm a, I'm a college athlete. We lift a lot. I thought, oh, I must have just done something to my back. I can't feel my left leg. And then it just like very quickly over a matter of days progressed really quick. I couldn't feel my left leg. It drugged behind me. I couldn't stand up straight. I was like fully bent over. I couldn't see straight. Everything was blurry. I couldn't think of words. I had like severe brain fog and I had this this pain, it's hard to describe, but it's almost if you could think of someone grabbing your your wrist or your hand really hard, like that deep bone pain. That's what I had from head no. to toe. And it was overnight. Yeah, it was insane. Oh and so that must I have saw, been so scary. It was so scary. I mean, I was 19 and my whole life was volleyball. You know, I was Kelly Tennant, the volleyball player. And yeah. I, we, I had access to the best doctors in the world. Thank God I was at USC. But funny enough, none of them could figure out what was going on. And so they were like, maybe it's cancer. It's a tumor. It's a torn disc. And every scan came up clear. So for six months, I basically couldn't go to school. I couldn't go to practice, couldn't travel with the team. I couldn't even get up off the floor. Sometimes I would go to class and lay in the back on the floor just so I could go to school so they would pass me. And luckily, all my teachers were so amazing. They knew what was going on. I, I passed with like C minuses in every class just to uh, get They through. should have given you like A minuses, but no. Yeah. <laughs> you're yeah. so mad about the marks. Like C minus yeah. while you're just laying in the back of the room. Like that's, I know. That's, 
okay. They were great. And at the time, like, didn't show up. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Well, of course, yeah. And at the time, though, we're wait. How old are you now? I'm 33. Okay. Oh, we're the same age as well. Mm -hmm. So, um, so at the time when yeah, when you're 19, you couldn't do like the Zoom calls. It's uh, that I was like, oh, they could have done it online. But yeah, that's you were 19 when I was 19. We didn't have that. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, it was like 2007. Things were so different then. Yeah, that, were that so, is so, so scary. So yeah, crazy. it was really scary. So I finally, after six months of having no idea what was going on, I finally saw a rheumatologist and he told me I had fibromyalgia, which for those of you who don't know, fibromyalgia is like this umbrella term diagnosis they use for anyone they can't understand what's going on, especially in women. So if you're depressed, if you're suicidal, if you're in pain, if you're tired, if like all these things, they'll be like, oh. It's fibromyalgia. And I've heard fibromyalgia like a million times and never known what that was because it's not really anything. It's trash. And it's yeah. it's laziness. It's Western medicine laziness because all they had to do was take blood tests and see that I had Epstein-Barr, which is the virus you get with mono. So wait, is there like a really quick fix for that? No, there is not. Okay. Um, and there's lots of ways that you can heal. It's it's definitely complicated. I did ozone therapy. I did a lot of like talk therapy um, because a lot of it is like physical manifestations of trauma in your life. So if you have high levels of stress or anxiety or, you know, shitty things have happened to you in your life, your body just starts to kind of hold on to them and it becomes physical illnesses. It's dis-ease, right? And that's what it comes from is like all these, you know, things in our lives. And so that's part of why I quit my job because I realized what a toxic environment I was in and I kept perpetuating this crap. And I also, you know, had to do a lot of detoxing of, um, heavy metals and, um, you know, different toxins that had built up in my body that had caused this inflammation and getting rid of inflammatory foods. And so it was definitely a process, but I healed in a year and a half, but I had been sick for like 14 years or something. So yeah. I mean, it's feasible. You just have to work with the right doctors who have an open mind yeah. and don't think just, oh, take this pill and this is your life forever. So yeah. now are you like, are you fully healed? Yeah. You're I good. have no problems. I haven't had wow. any symptoms in three plus years. That's wow. so crazy. And that changed your world in so many ways. Like being on a UFC team. UFC. <laughs> USC, University of Southern California. Kill yeah, like UFC is like the fighter one. <laughs> Do I look like the fighter? One? Are my yeah. arms big enough? No, no, no. I knew like, it was yeah, volleyball, but I thought the school was called UFC. No, UFC oh. is just like a full. Like, I know like, what UFC fighting is. Okay, well that's what you thought she was. <laughs> no, so. I knew she was a volleyball player. How yes. embarrassing! So you, that's crazy that you just had to give that up. Like that is like huge yeah that yeah. like you, you must have been yeah did that take your did that uh change your whole like mental like did you have to go to like therapy for this as well or did oh, yeah. you end up going because that was your identity like was the volleyball player right so how did you deal with that yeah i was i was legitimately suicidal uh it was really scary because at 19 when your whole world is stripped away and you don't know what's wrong with you i mean that's, mm. that's really scary time to be in and so i did go to therapy i also had an eating disorder like as I was going through that and continued for a few years because a lot of times eating disorders, it's not about food, it's about control. And so I felt like I was completely out of control of my whole life. And the only thing I could control was how many calories I was consuming. Mm, so I just yeah. became super obsessive. I lost a ton of weight. I got really skinny and I was really unhealthy. And so it was my nutritionist for the volleyball team. And she pointed it out and she was like, Hey, what's going on? You know, you're getting really skinny. So we talked about that. She encouraged me to go to therapy, which really helped. So 
I just, I, I had to start getting help because I didn't know who I was and no one talks about, even if I hadn't gotten sick, this is the problem with athletics to me is no one talks about what to do when you stop playing your sport. And so I ended up writing a book when I was, it came out when I was 25, but I wrote it from 21 to 25. And I interviewed all these NFL athletes, former Olympians, um, guys that had played football at USC and the, the resounding theme through all of us was no one tells us what to do when it's over. We mm-hmm. don't know ourselves outside of our sport. And this can be for anything. We go through identity crisis in many ways. People go through identity crisis when their kids you know, leave the house and they're like, well, who am I now? I'm not a servant to this child who needs me. And yeah. so, but we don't think about the many layers of who we are. We don't think about, okay, what is it I like to do outside of playing volleyball? And so I just, I I started to have more conversations around that and realize that it's very isolating. And if you don't ask for help and if you don't speak up, it can lead to things like suicide and depression and eating disorders. And then where do you go from there? So it was really hard. And I'm, I'm grateful that I had people around me to encourage me to ask for help because I wasn't someone who asked for help. I was like, I am so strong and I can handle anything. And it's like, <laughs> yeah, at yeah. some point you got to say, I can't do this by myself. My boyfriend as a coach, he always says you have to like prep people because most people like this is the sad reality. But after after university like that's going to be their last game that's going to be their last time playing ever mm-hmm. because like only a very small percentage of people actually per- continue that career after university right mm-hmm. and especially in the US you guys over there are it's I because I, I I'm a singer and I perform over there all the time and the the like athletics over there are not to be messed around with like even in high school mm-hmm. like it's just such a big deal in the U S and so I can imagine that people have to be prepped like after university's done this like you have to figure out something else right so yeah like- and I think too I mean for me I. I was one of the best players in the country from the time I was 11. Wow. So, cause I was ginormous. You guys, I was <laughs> five feet tall in kindergarten No, and I was Are six one s- by 12. No way. Yeah. I was oh a huge bit. Think of Leo Did being you play? Feet tall. It's insane. Like I have a, I have two sons and one's in kindergarten and one's in grade. Oh my God. What grade is it? Two. And if Leo was five feet like tall, two feet tall, like, but we're also like so short. But yeah, did I'm you not. play other sports as well? I with that height, like, yeah, I danced and I swam and I was an amazing swimmer. Um, but my parents made me choose because they were going from, you know, the swim meet to the dance recital to yeah, the volleyball yeah, yeah, tournament. Yeah, and they're like, hi, we're tired. So could yeah, you wish <laughs> you wanted her to you wanted her to be a basketball player? Well, yeah, like, yeah I feel like she I played amazing basketball. basketball. I'm so I'm, girly. I do not want some bitch like with her sweaty ass body <laughs> touching me. I need a net between us. That yeah. is what works for me. And I need to wear a bow and spandex with my yeah. little hanging out. That's so funny. I didn't realize. Yeah, like volleyball is very much like, yes, get out of my space. Like, remember when we played rugby, Kayla? Yeah, like that's disgusting. I think about like, so we were both rugby players. And I think now like during like COVID, especially we would have all like they are. T- I used to have to touch a stranger's face to my face, oh, sweating no. all over. When you get in that little huddle thing and you're all yeah. around. Yeah. Oh, and they just be like punching me in there. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm not a good a- Kayla's an amazing athlete and I'm not, but I was just like, try- like, I'm the older sister and I tried to like copy her being amazing in athletics. And I was like playing rugby in there and like they would just be punching me in that, that it's called the. <laughs> Scrum, right? Yeah. Oh my God, no, I can't even remember. Scrum, I can't right? even remember. Anyway, but yeah, I 
I don't play sports anymore. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> so when you when when you got like when you left your job and you were in this like space of like who am I now? Like are you still in that space right now or and you're still figuring things out and figuring out where what you're meant to do or did you like how long did that take you like where are you at yeah you're asking yeah like where are you at with this I think I'm still floating in certain ways the first before I quit my job I was um I was on leave because I was really sick and so I had about I don't know six months where I was home and I had time to think about things and I had to just like Mm -hmm. be with myself in the quiet and say which is like so scary so scary I'm like what do I actually want in my life and I just got really clear that I knew I didn't want to work with men anymore I knew I wanted to be of service to women. And I knew I wanted to be in a space of like wellness and healing and and that. And so I took those steps and it felt really good. And I think it's kind of, but what I was saying earlier that we go through so many iterations of ourselves and now I am about to get married and we're going to start trying to have kids after that. And we live in the mountains and we run a company together and I'm 33. I'm about to be 34 it's a new chapter of my life. And so I'm questioning things differently now. Things Mm -hmm. that, you know, I was very, all I could think about was sex last year. I realized I'm bisexual. I became a third grade boy. And all I could think about was boobs. I was like, this is all that matters. I have to have threesomes. This is what my show is about. Like I I couldn't focus on anything else. It was a full-time job, like being a wannabe lesbian. And then I kind of moved out of that because I had experience and it became more normal. And so it wasn't so obsessive. So then it gave me space to think about other things. So now I'm kind of in a battle with spirituality because I don't actually know what I believe. I don't actually know what makes sense for me. I think I was trying to find myself when I left TV and I found spirituality, which gave me a community. But I also think that there was a level of conforming that came with that of, mm-hmm. oh, I have to speak the language and I have to buy this crystal. And I've been joking with my friends recently. I'm like, I have so many crystals in my house. I really <laughs> just think of them as like expensive rocks at this point. Yeah. Like, do they even work? Like, Was yeah, that worth $300? Yeah. Um, are you really supposed to shove that up your ass? I don't know. <laughs> so I'm just, I'm asking different questions than I was before. Yeah. And I'm sure you guys know too. As you get older, you have more experience. You have more yeah. perspective. You're like, okay, well, I've seen this now. I don't think that's what I believe anymore. And so I'm kind of in this weird, like, what do I believe? Is anything real? Are we in in the matrix? You know, that yeah, yeah. So I go through this all the time. I go literally like Like priorities change when you get older. So things that you care about now. Like I, I remember like my mom used to always make me look at her gardens and I'd be like, I'd literally rather die than look at these stupid (laughs) gardens. And now I like make everyone look at my gardens. I'm like, who am I? But it's just crazy how your interests and priorities change. But it's fun. It is fun. It is fun. When you realize it's fun, it's fun. Like that. And also, I I think we keep trying to get to this like ultimate answer. Like this is it. And I just don't think that that exists. I think that we, it's always just what is best for us at that time. And we do Mm. our best with what we're given. And I could say one thing to you today on this show. And then tomorrow I could be like, yeah, that's bullshit. I don't believe that. And showing ourselves grace that we have have the ability to change our minds that is part of growth and evolution and if we're not asking better questions if we're not open to growth then we're stagnant I'd rather change my mind every single day than just be stagnant with the belief system that I was given as a child and be stuck in that box like that's not fun to me yeah the mentality like live day by day is 
one I definitely have to tell myself because I will go day by day and like one day I'll be like, okay, so I'm not as famous as Beyonce and that was my plan for since I was little to be a famous singer and to be performing whatever and I'll be like furious for five minutes and then I go, but like, you know what's really fun? is like watching a movie with my sister and my nephews. Like that's just as fun yeah. as being as, as famous as Beyonce. Well, so not quite. Okay, well. <laughs> okay, shut up. I'm having a moment here. <laughs> and then that's the thing I have to to realize is like um my just because I planned it, I get very upset about my my plans that I had that I didn't succeed at. Uh, and because I gained a different sort of success, but I could sometimes I just forget about that different sort of, like I'll just because be like that wasn't your original Because that like, wasn't plan. my original yeah. plan. So all the awesome things that happened to me in my life, I just forget about it because that's not what I planned. And then the then 10 minutes later, I'm like, wait, I live an awesome life. Hey, hey. And then I'm like so pumped up. So it's literally, I'm going to change it from day by day to like minute by minute. And that's okay. Like that is okay sometimes. I would love to get to a point where I don't have to like change my mind every single minute, but it's okay to kind of go through those things, I think, because we're all still figuring it out and there is no answer, right? Yeah. It's a constant self-discovery and like excavation of who you are and what you want. And it's the more questions you ask, the more it can take you in so many different directions. And I think it's a redefining of success is really what you're talking about. And I've been really sitting with that lately too, because, you know, I thought my life was going to look a lot differently. I was, I really wanted to be on the good morning America track and host that. And I was working to get into entertainment and doing all these things and living in New York, being super famous. And now I live on a mountain and I am a dog mom and I run a production company and I have a podcast and all I care about is hanging out with my dogs. Like if we can get yeah. in the grass all afternoon and I can watch Theo chase butterflies and pretend like they're like, his friend, so but fun. also want to kill him, kill them. Yeah. Like, this is really entertaining for me. I love my life. And it's just so yes. funny how we think it has to look a certain way. And then life takes us in a totally different direction. And if you're open to it, you can actually see how much more joy and fulfillment you get out of yeah. this thing that you swore would never be what you wanted. Yeah. Like your garden. Yes. It's like you can look at your life and decide, actually, that's not what really brings me joy. I wanted validation. I wanted community. I wanted to be accepted. I wanted to feel important. Well, now I feel all those things, but it's coming from where I define it. And this is like exactly, Stacey, like you moving to Cambridge. Like Stacey lived in Toronto and she has this career and she's a singer and she almost felt like moving to Cambridge meant that that was her giving up or that was her like she's embarrassed to say she's from Cambridge. But just to like fill you in. So like Toronto is an hour away and I lived in this like little apartment, but I was like right in the city, like whatever, whatever. But I established my career and then I but the housing situation there, like you have to be a kajillionaire to buy a house. So I bought a house, my first house ever, but it's an hour away and it's in the same city that I grew up in with my family. But for a long time, still minute by minute I'm like oh my god I moved to Cambridge like I never thought but I would even though it, it might make you happy you're stuck on like the fact that it's Cambridge because I was like I'm never gonna move back but yeah. like I did and now I have this wicked house with like a million rooms and whatever but it's weird what your brain can do and why would I ever be insecure about that? Who yeah. care? Who in the world cares that I moved to Cambridge? So who am I like thinking about? Right. And that's sometimes when I when I gain my confidence is who is judging me right now? Nobody. Just <laughs> so, you. Like, 
Yeah, just me. So why am I wasting my time? Yeah. Like, it's so, it's so interesting. <laughs> hey guys, we're Tabitha. And Denise. From the After 30 Podcast. We're a society and culture show about all the ways that we change, the challenges we face, and the things on our minds in our 30s and 40s. Yes, because now we're in season three, and we're in our 30s and 40s. Yeah, totally. So we're pretty real. We get a little meta sometimes. <laughs> yes, it's true. And we <laughs> do have some incredible guests that pop in, like Grammy and Academy Award-winning artists, best-selling authors, some of our most idolized professionals and they come and chat <laughs> and educate us and they contemplate with us how to navigate this phase of our lives. <laughs> you can absolutely expect a mix of topics from relationships, career, children, health, to making new friends later in our life in our bite-sized less than 30 minute episodes released every Friday. <laughs> we hope you love it. <laughs> okay. There's so many more topics that we need to talk about. Yeah. And I want to go through. Okay. Speaking of, let's just like, because we thought this was going to be our whole podcast episode, but we would love to still ask you questions about this. So you are in a relationship with your now fiance, correct? Yes. And you realize I like ladies mm-hmm. as well. So te- can you tell us that story of what, what happened? And we, cause we heard some of the stories on your podcast as well, and they're very interesting and awesome. So can <laughs> like you just, we want the dirty details. Yeah, we want the dirty details. Yes. Like, can you just give us that? Cause like, we're so immature and like, we want to know everything. But we also are slightly going through the same thing. Mm-hmm. No, we're going through the exact same thing. Yeah. yeah. That's the thing. Yeah. So we also need it for therapy. Yes. Yeah, so tell us your experiences so we therapy. know what to so do. So we can copy I am available to you. <laughs> yeah. So when Connor and I first started dating, it was two and a half years ago. And... I had just come out of a really intense relationship. Um, it was, it ended really roughly. I had, I, we had an abortion. It was really a difficult time. And so I basically had gotten to the point emotionally where I was like, fuck men, I'm only going to date women. But it was a joke because I'd never been with women. I'd never been interested, but I kept telling Connor like, yeah, I'm not going to date guys. I'm just going to date women. (laughs) And I didn't think about it. And so then we were dating and things are going great. And I'm totally in love with this man before I even met him. So it was, you know, head over heels. And a couple months in, maybe I said, Hey, um, I'm having these feelings and I don't know what to do with them, but I think that I might be bisexual. I keep having fantasies about being with women and I get really turned on and it's scaring me, but I'm also curious. And he goes, Oh, well that's funny because I actually always wanted to be in a relationship with someone who was at least open to exploring things or bisexual or something in that, in that paradigm. And so we just started having a lot of conversations and I would have meltdown after meltdown because the programming in my head and the voice that I heard was you're disgusting, you're gross, you don't do this, your parents are going to be disappointed in you, who do you think you are? So I just kept having that playing in my head while I'm also like, I think I want to lick a pussy. And so I didn't really know (laughs) what to do. (laughs) And so we started very simply Connor and I would be in bed and we'd be having sex and I would and he told me like why don't you just start talking to me so I start talking about what I wanted to do with a girl and what she looked like and so we made up this whole fake chick named Becky and Becky has blonde hair and big boobs and she's short and little and I just started talking about all the things and so that helped me see well my body my body was positive really positively reacting to that. So clearly there was something there. And so we finally got to a point where like, okay, we want to try this and like 
bring someone in. And so we ended up hooking up with one of my closest friends and it was so natural and normal for me. Wait, I have a question about this because I heard you say this to you. I need to know. What was that conversation like with your friend? Because was that so awkward to like bring up? Like, how is your friend bisexual? And did you know that in advance? We didn't have a conversation. And no, she's not. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Okay. So we went to a concert with her. And when we left, Connor was like, she wants to fuck us. And I'm like, you're insane. No, she doesn't. He's like, I have great fucking bisexual radar. I'm telling you, this girl wants to fuck us. So I'm still so new to this. I'm like, I don't know, whatever. Like, I trust you. So it was the night It was the night before we moved to Colorado. We were straight up leaving LA. Our whole place was packed except for this couch. And she comes over to hang out and we're having wine. We're watching a movie and homie just like made it happen. He like grabbed her hand and put it on me and we started kissing and I'm like, okay, we're doing this. Aren't you like so attracted to her fiance yes. right now? <laughs> there yeah, may or may, all three the whole right thing. Now. Yeah, there may or may not have been Molly involved. Oh, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> Never had a conversation, but it was like, she was definitely into it. And so we just started hooking up and he didn't really participate because I, at that time we like, there were a million boundaries. I wasn't okay with anything. I just knew I wanted to like kiss a girl. So we all hooked up mostly her and I, he was like third wheel and it went so well. And I was like, this is insane. I also didn't know this was possible and it feels normal. And so we hooked up with her again. She came to Colorado. Um, and it went horribly. Like we got way over our skis. We did not have enough conversations. He and I were in different places in terms of what we wanted and what was okay. I'm freaking out. Um, She and I hooked up for the first time alone while she was there. Uh, And that was my first time being with a woman by myself. And it was And how did that feel? Oh my God. So normal and so easy. I'm like, why is this so weird to people? This feels like the most normal thing ever. Yeah. But after the first time that you guys had hooked up, did you have a conversation in between the second time? Yes. Oh God. Lots of talks. Okay. And so she was, did she, she was like, I liked it too. Totally. She was super into it. And okay, she was okay. single. So she's like, this is super fun. And like, I love yeah. you and it's great. And I yeah, love Connor. Yeah. And so, yeah, it was, it was interesting. And then we had a full on meltdown. I, I think we almost broke up after that because it was like a full on screaming match. We were not communicating well. And I felt like I was kind of, I felt betrayed. And he was like, why are you freaking out? Like, we just didn't understand. Sorry, is this because the third time that you guys hooked up, he, did he go further with her than you were wanting? Um, he wanted to, so I was just like, I don't want to do this with her tonight. And he was like, she's here. Like, let's just do Mm -hmm. it. It's fun. He had been drinking and I hadn't. Mm. And so we just like our community, we were just missing each other. And so we went ahead and did it and it just blew up. I had to pick her up off of him and like made her go upstairs. And then he and I got in a huge fight and I was so insecure. This like six foot one. She's like, I can pick you (laughs) up. (laughs) I was like, so this needs to not continue. Um, yeah. And so he and I were in a huge fight that lasted for fucking weeks. And it was such a blessing into 
disguise though, because we saw that we were not prepared. We were not laying right. a foundation to make this successful. We were yeah. not listening to each other and being compassionate. And it was actually the best thing that ever happened for us. Cause we rewound, we restarted to, okay, what are our boundaries? What feels good? Like baby steps. We can't just go all in. Um, yeah. and so that really helped us create a better foundation for communication moving forward. And we've had people like guests on our podcast where they're in like a very successful, like open relationship, whatever. And they're like, you don't understand. Everybody thinks this sounds so cool and fun. You have to put so much work in and it's like so much work every single day. Like people think it's easy and it's actually way harder to do this. So they, uh, we now know like it is like very complicated and and you have to put Yeah. You can't just have like fun nights every weekend and not have these insecurities and yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. So coming from like you obviously like that fight was needed for sure like you're saying yeah and it it really propelled us forward as much as it felt like it took us 10 steps backwards I really feel like we propelled forward in our relationship and that's kind of how it's been every time we've hooked up with someone after that we hooked up with a few people that were like mutual friends um, and it was kind of one off one happened a couple times and we just learned a lot in those experiences and then we started dating this girl together um and like hooking up with her and like going out with her and it became you know more of like a steady thing for about four months and we also learned a lot in that where I it's too much for me to be super emotionally involved with someone outside of my relationship Mm -hmm. and I think it was hard for both her and I because it was her first time being with a woman let alone being you know having threesomes with a couple and it was my first time and Connor's first time like dating someone while we're together and it just it became so stressful and so overwhelming and it was so fun and she's amazing and at the same time, I was like, I, I can't do this. Like, I want to put my energy into he and I, and I want this to be a fun thing we do sometimes, mm-hmm. not like this steady person who's in our relationship because it just causes yeah. so much stress. And I can't handle that. It's just, that's not for me. And maybe talk to me in 10 years after I have two kids and I'm like, yeah, I need a girlfriend. But <laughs> right now, like, I just, I can't handle it. Yeah. And so we stopped dating her. Um, And we've had one person we've hooked up with since then and it did not go great. Um, And so now we're kind of in this weird place where I've actually realized so much for me craving being with women was actually because I was lacking so much intimacy in my life. And Mm. I, I realized that I was kind of coming from this, I need to fill a void place rather than my cup is full and I want something on top of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I actually being with these other women has filled so much of my intimacy needs. And also it helped me heal a lot of my like sisterhood wounds. I was, you know, bullied a lot as a girl by other girls. I was bullied a lot in television by other women. And so I had a really hard time with women. And so having these intimate experiences with them has healed a lot of that. And so now my friendships are so much stronger. Connor and I's intimacy is through the roof now because we've had to go through all these things and Mm -hmm. we've had to learn to communicate and create foundations. We respect each other so much. We're so close. Our sex life is incredible. So now we're kind of in this place where I'm like, well, I don't really feel like I need it. And it's a fun thing if we want to do it and it aligns. But if I have to like Mm -hmm. put a ton of energy into it and we have to make it a 
thing. I just don't want to participate because my life is so good and I feel really full. So it's just been interesting to kind of witness. It's really about the intimacy, not even about the sex. You know what's weird? I'm just realizing now I have no desire. Like if this ever did happen, because it it hasn't because our Mark and my relationship, we both have decided we're not willing to like we don't want to bring someone in or anything. I my full desire is like I have I don't want Mark to have nothing to do with it. Like I have no like I you want to just be, like I if yeah. I were to ever date a a girl while dating Mark or be with a girl intimately or whatever I would not want him to be involved whatsoever. I have no so desire. You're saying for you'd that? have to break up with him to be with someone or like, make some arrangement or whatever, but that's not how it's going to be. Yeah. So my struggles are always like I love him and I want to be with him forever, and this is how it's going to be because that's our arrangement. So sometimes I get mad going like, well it bugs me that I can't try. I've never dated a girl. I've been intimate with girls, but I've never dated a girl before. And sometimes I get mad that I can't, won't be able to try that. But then I don't know. It's That's what I was going to ask you. Like, because you've never dated a girl, but you know, you're bisexual, you know, you like being intimate with girls. Do you ever wonder like what it would be like to date just one-on-one a girl? Or you're just like, I know you're so happy with Connor, but does it ever bother you thinking I'm never going to be able to experience that? No, just no. I love love girls, but no, like (laughs) I cannot imagine being in an intimate romantic relationship with a woman. I can't handle that much like girl energy. It's I have so many amazing friends and I love them dearly, but I just, I'm like, Oh, like it makes me want to crawl out of my skin thinking about like only being with a woman. I don't think I can handle that. Kayla thinks it will be easier to be with a girl. Well, sometimes I'm just like when when Chris is my fiance, like sometimes when he's just not like understanding or getting something, I'm like, oh, if it was just a girl, she would get it, you know. <laughs> would also but then bring I guess her like, crazy psycho. That's what I was gonna say. Too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's probably it's it's like yeah, like twenty percent of when I'm mad at Chris, that would be great. But then the other like eighty would probably be. You'd awful. have to deal with a whole new yeah. set of problems. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Connor like really encourages me to have a girlfriend. He thinks that's super hot. He's like, ooh, my fiance has a girlfriend. You know that sounds so cool to him, and he's he's all for like the novel experiences and doing yeah, things yeah, yeah, that no one yeah. else does. <laughs> and so I could see it potentially happening down the line, but I'm the same. I don't want him to be alone with other women. And we are very clear that we don't want to be in an open relationship. We don't say we're open. We say we are with each other and we have threesomes sometimes. And that's what works for us, you know? And part of me also doesn't even know if I'm bisexual because what my understanding of bisexual is, is that you would be in a relationship with a woman. Yeah. And And I don't want to do that. But is that's, that what that means? This doesn't mean or like, well, who cares? I well, no, and this is exactly where, like, sometimes Stacy will say to me, well, you're interested in this, so then that means you're that. And to me, I'm like, don't put a label on it. Yeah. Like, you do you. If you want to call yourself bisexual, if you want, like, to me, it's just, you don't have to, putting labels on things, to me, makes it seem like, oh, well, then that means that I have to do this. Yeah. Or yeah, I have to yeah. be, like, whatever. But it's like, no, you can literally do whatever you want, whatever makes you happy. And if that's being in a relationship with a man and having great threesomes, like, yeah. that, that's what I want to start doing. <laughs> Like, just that's what, like, I'm, like, always in, like, oh, yeah, I'm bisexual, but it's, like, no, like, yeah, like, who knows if I, ugh, I don't know, it's too much. But I, that's I the can't. thing, why I just don't believe in the labels, because to me, exactly. I'm, I don't even know if I'm bisexual. I feel like I'm mostly straight, and I like to have sexual experiences with women. 
Yeah. So yeah. I don't know what that, that means. I don't know what that's that, called. Yeah, I think yeah. we just feel like we have to label it. Yeah. yeah. And I just say pansexual because I am also attracted to people who are like both masculine and feminine, non-binary. Like I'm attracted to non-binary people mm. as well. And so I'm like, I guess that's pansexual because that's what like Google says. But so yeah, it's like, <laughs> I just Googled it. Yeah. And I'm like, that one, I guess I fit into the most. Like we don't even have to say those yeah. things. It's so stupid. Um. Okay. So I'm finding all of this so interesting, but I want to just like go back to something There's and so I don't want to make it like sad or anything. But um, so you're saying like this past year. So one, you've come out as bisexual, which is like a huge thing. Um, two, you you just said your mom and your dog passed away. Mm-hmm. Is do that you, is that? Do you feel and comfortable talking about COVID. those things? Yeah. Okay. So what? So sorry. Did you say your dog got killed? Yeah. He. So um, his name was Remy. And he was almost 10 months old and he would go to doggy day camp (laughs) because we're, you know, those parents and um, let's send you to expensive day camp. And so he, he had a lot of energy. He was a hunting dog. He's a German wire hair pointer, just like our, our puppy Remy or our puppy Theo. So Remy is Theo's older half brother. And I'll tell you the story of how we got Theo in a second. But anyway, so we were send Remy twice a week to this camp. They would come pick him up. I swear to God, it's like children. They'd come pick him up in this little van and they put all the dogs in the van and then they drive like them up bus. into the mountains yeah like oh a short bus gosh. or something <laughs> my like stomach is hurting because i don't know where this story i know is going. It, sucks. I know. it sucks so much um and so they took them up uh to the mountains and they would play all day and then they'd come drop them back off like five hours later and so one day um they took him up and i was taking a nap and i came upstairs and it was late he was supposed to be back already and i asked connor i was like hey is remy back and he was like no i didn't even realize what time it was And so probably three minutes later, I'm getting ready to call the people and the owner of the company knocks on the door and she's just sobbing. And she's like, I'm so sorry, but Remy is dead. And he jumped out of the van because the windows were down and he jumped in front of it. And the girl who was driving all the dogs, she didn't know that he had, I guess she knew he jumped out because her dog jumped out with him. But I guess they were running along the van and then as she like accelerated, he jumped in front of it and she ran over him. Oh yeah. my gosh. I can talk about it without crying right now. Cause I've cried the most tears ever. It was like the, the worst mo- thing that's yeah. ever happened in my whole life. I don't wish this on anyone. Oh my gosh. Um, and it was that like, so did bad. you feel, okay. So the immediate thing I felt just now was like angry at the company for oh, leaving yeah. the window open. Yeah. So you, I'm sure you felt anger, but then I also feel horrible because obviously they would yeah, never do anything. That poor girl is probably traumatized. She's as well. traumatized for well, sure. Here it gets worse. So this girl was one of my listeners and followed me on Instagram. And oh, she, I had posted like, Hey, looking for somewhere to send the dogs like for a camp. And she was like, I oh work at this God. place, please. Oh. I would love to watch him. She loved him so much. Like, th- and this girl like loved me and Connor and like really yeah. cared. And, um, she was broken. She got an R with a heart tattooed on her arm for him. Like, I feel like yeah. her life might like my I actually feel like my life would be like ruined if that happened. Oh, it, it would I mean, really it'll never be the effect. Same. Like yeah. her life will be changed forever. Yeah. And, and we so I mean, sad. we were so angry, but I also like Connor and I have done a lot of work and a lot of psychedelics. Yeah. And I'm glad because I think it gave us perspective in this because we were super angry and we moved through that really fast because then we yeah. were really worried about her because yeah. all we could think about was, oh, my God, what if that had been us? Yeah. Like, 
it was an How honest mistake. It was, it was a an horrible, honest mistake. Honest mistake. Yeah. Totally. And like he jumped in front of the van, and like in my my super spiritual woo woo ness, like I have very clear like clarity and understanding and peace with what happened, and so it's okay. But oh. I just felt so bad for her, and I mean she couldn't even speak to us. She came by and yeah. she dropped off flowers and a card and. She, I, I, she was trying to be all sneaky and drop it off. And I saw someone out front. And so I opened the door and she just looked at me. I mean, the girl did not say a word and we just came out and hugged her and we're like, it's okay. Like, you know, it's not your fault. So yeah, it was, it was the worst. Um, and my mom died three months before that happened. And so it was like, I had just started coming out of that. And I was like, oh, I feel like a normal person. And then it was just the deepest dip. And as much as it devastated me, Connor broke. Connor broke. He is still not the same person. Um, he, Aww. the second she came over and he said that, I, it was the weirdest experience. It was like time slowed. You know, everything's moving like slow motion. Mm-hmm. And I just watched him physically get on the couch and he just went into a ball in like fetal position and was crying Aww. so hard and... I mean, was so depressed. Oh. Remy was like an extension of his soul. It was, yeah. it was the worst to witness your partner just crumble like that. Yeah. And then you almost maybe feel like you have to be the strong one or something yeah. for him. And oh my gosh, Kelly, that is awful. So how long ago did this happen? This was um, September of last year. And then the crazy thing is um, Connor went to go see the people who we got Remy from. He wanted to like go see Remy's mom, the dog mom, and like go be with the puppies and whatever. And so he goes and he drives up there and he's with them and he's with all these puppies and he sends me a video of this dog and He's like, he's such a goober. Like he won't even come play with people. He just like really runs around and does whatever. And I couldn't even deal with it. I was like, I can't look at puppies. And they called us um, the next day after he went up there and they said, hey, the dog that Connor was playing with yesterday, the people who were taking him backed out because they said he wasn't going to be good enough as a hunting dog. And it's Remy's little brother. Do you want him? So four, four days after Remy died, Connor went and picked up Theo and brought that's him destiny. Home. That is, destiny. I, I, I swear to God, saw. like Remy made sure oh. that we could have his little brother yeah. yeah, and like have someone to help, like help us through this and also yeah. pour our love and hearts into. And so that's how we got our little nugget Theo. And he just came over and how he was so innocent. Love Theo? Like, oh my God. Just, oh, oh my God. What did Connor that keeps calling like, him? Like, what did he call him? Like sadness puppy. You're the sadness puppy. You're oh. the puppy. And, I'm like, and he came over just so innocent and like dopey. Like, oh my God. That is crazy. Yeah. That is like the. Her telling that story. She doesn't even under, like to us. Like I, I know we, we feel um, I feel guilty sometimes because I f- am more affected by stories about dogs than humans sometimes. Yeah. Oh, same. So, yeah. So it's very, and very then, Oh my gosh. And then you lost your mom three months prior like that. I don't Kelly, you're like so strong. I don't oh, understand how, like that's just so much in one short yeah. period of time. Um, okay. Now I feel weird. Like <laughs> it's okay. Quite- I'm good. I want to go so Soul Fire production. Yes. So can you explain? So you and Connor came together to create this. Yeah. How does that? How did that work? Yeah. So when I first started my podcast, I was working with a production company who I was referred to through a girlfriend of mine, and uh, they did my show for I don't know a year and a half, and I just wasn't happy. It was all male, uh, very lack of detail oriented, not 
not, not understanding my vision. And so when Connor and I started dating, he had been working with someone who had a really successful podcast and he did all the back end and marketing and everything for him in Austin. And Connor had had a podcast. He's been podcasting for like six years now. And, and we go through all the changes. Apple changes shit every single month mm-hmm. and people just don't know. And so we're, you know, we're up to date. We talk to the right people. We talk to the heads of Spotify and all these different platforms. So we know what's going on. And so we answer questions. We address, you know, growth things, sponsorship, all of that. And our hosts help each other. They're like, Hey, actually this, I did this thing and it works. So like, maybe you guys should try it. And so everyone else tries it. And so it's just a really amazing community where yes, we do production, we do video, we do everything for you. We publish it, all the things. But at the end of the day, I think people come to work with us one, because our shit is quality and really nice but because we have a community that's amazing that you're you're not because you have a podcast yourself so you could easily take all of this information and just apply it for yourself but instead you're like let me share this with you kayla and that is to learn from her no i know the one there was one time where i when we first started that i was like comparing ourselves to other people that had similar podcasts to and us. you wanted them and to I would, fail no I never said I wanted them to fail that's a very I absolutely did not Kelly don't let that get you just no. wanted to be better <laughs> I just wanted to be just like a little bit better <laughs> and just have like just a few more followers that's it you sound like an American no. what the fuck happened yeah exactly <laughs> no but I but it's true like I definitely have to work on that and and rather than being like competitive and looking at other people like oh, they're doing better than us then take our knowledge for what we have and help other people yeah right? exactly exactly but that's amazing okay i have to give you a compliment my compliment to you before we get to your confession because that's the last thing that we're gonna do um is that we have like a whole list of questions and we had a whole idea of how this is gonna go today but you're the most interesting person i've ever listened to talk yeah. oh i didn't God. even know what time it was no and that's and that's like such a talent to have like there's we we always prepare before right because there can be that like awkward silence and like you have to ask the next question but like I feel like I want to just talk to you for five more hours like I have too many things to ask you and I feel like I'm still unsatisfied and it's been like an hour and three minutes I like, know, but that means, well, I'll come back and I will we have to have a part with two with Kelly yes. you're just like awesome you're so like what's the word personable personable personable, personable. Yep. yeah <laughs> just, just, just you're awesome yeah like it's just uh, you're talking about like funny things but also really heavy topics yeah. and not, I feel like my eyes kind of hurt actually because I wasn't blinking at one point <laughs> I was just like listening to you and then I just I was like Stacy No, but it's your also eyes. nice too because Stacy and I are like so open it, like so, to a fault I would yeah. say sometimes but you make your openness seem like normal. I don't always get to be this way because not all people are like welcoming and create that like really safe space oh. where you can be yourself. So I also yeah. want to commend you for creating that container where people can come in and really be themselves. And we can have these kind of conversations because life is fucking wild and wild. really horrible things happen and really amazing, cool things happen. And that's what this is. And I think you guys have a beautiful platform to be able to express that and for people to feel like they can come here and and see themselves within you and that's so important and yeah, she's good at complimenting so nice. <laughs> you're perfect okay <laughs> okay that being said oh, on God. that topic okay. we heard that you have a confession i also before she was like it's so inappropriate that's what we want yeah so can you tell us as the bang ending of our podcast what your confession is hit us okay Connor is going to murder me. Thank you. Uh, he doesn't listen to shows when I go on them. Okay. Good. So I feel like I have to whisper because it's uh, no, he's like in another building and like an acre away. Okay. So the other day 
he's been a hornball lately. And so we've been having more day sex, which is just not what we usually do. Usually we yeah. have sex at night and it's like dark, right? So the other day he decides he wants to fuck me before I go to get on an airplane to fly to Nashville. So I'm like, yes, here for it. So he takes me into our bedroom and he flips me over and he's fucking me from behind. And then all of a sudden he slides into my butt. My butt is very easily accessible, apparently. Like, I don't know, maybe I have too much anal sex, but it is just (laughs) ready to go. And so he's fucking me from behind and he doesn't realize that he's in my ass, though. Stop. Oh, no. So... Oh, I did not think this was a real thing when people are like, oh, they accidentally slipped in there. Like straight up accidentally slipped in. And I'm like, yeah, here for this because I love anal. And so I think we both come and then he realizes that he's in my butt and he pulls out and there's poop on his dick and he freaks the fuck out and he goes running to the shower and he's like furiously scrubbing and I walk in and I'm like, are you okay? And he won't look at me. He like won't make eye contact. And then he like hurries up and gets dressed. He won't talk to me. He like runs outside. He starts doing random like housework stuff. And I come outside and I'm like, are you okay? He's like, I just, I I, I just like have PTSD. We can't do that again for a long time. Wait, so have you, okay. Have you guys never done this? No, we have anal sex all the time, but we, our thing is we do it at night with the lights off because he doesn't want to see poop on his dick and he immediately will run and take a shower in the dark. So it like stays. And this is the first time where he actually saw the thing and it was there and he had a moment. And that's another thing that people don't realize is that happens. Yes. I'm I'm talking like, I know I actually like don't, don't because I don't like it, but like, but that happens Mm -hmm. and P and that needs to be normalized as well. But that's also hilarious because he, but he normalizes it in the dark. He's like, like, we can do this, but only if I can do it in the dark and then shower in the dark. And I'm like, the funniest thing is that he started doing like the housework after because he's just like, I just just need to stress. I can't believe that that actually can happen where it can just slip on in and they don't notice. I mean, we didn't realize he was like in the moment. Do they not feel like, like, different i don't know i mean i have a really tight vagina and a really (laughs) wide set anal yeah um i have a tight vagina and maybe we have more anal so my ass is like not as tight so maybe they kind of come together i don't know know. it was so i had to tell my friends after and then he got so mad that i told my friends and now i told this on a podcast now you tell it yeah but uh, oh my god but is that no he's like i straight up have ptsd you that is so but he, also funny. he loved it yeah that is such an awesome confession because it's is... it's kind of his confession right? yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> that is amazing oh, oh my, gosh. my gosh well that was such a good bang ending um, <laughs> perfect for thank our you. podcast <laughs> yeah perfect for our podcast yeah. thank you so much for sharing all of these like deep amazing things i feel like i learned so much in an hour i have a different mentality on life like can you imagine if we listen to like let's just go listen to every single one well, of that's our what episodes I was say. You're like, can we imagine we listen to kelly talk yeah she has a podcast yeah, so yeah. let's go, just go go do listen to our podcast if you want to feel this way yeah and tell everyone where they can find you yeah so my podcast is the kelly show and then connor and i actually have a show together called okay babe so if you want these types of conversations they're over there we tell all the things <laughs> um and then i'm at kellytenant.com and my instagram is kelly m tenant 
That is Amazing. awesome. We'll put a link in our description. And yeah, I just had such a fun conversation. Yeah, you are so awesome. My eyes are burning in a good way because I'm not <laughs> blinking. Thank you both for having I me. It's so great. No, you. I adore you. I have to call my sister. When you rate, review, subscribe, it helps us out because we love and what we do without a doubt. So we want to thank you for taking the time. Oh, so here we go. We bust in, we bust in a rhyme. Oh, this is our podcast. We're here to stay. My name is Kayla. This is Stacy K. Okay, that. Uh, I have to call my sister. Hey, hey, you there? Kayla, stop. You heard it here first. Okay, never mind. We're not doing you the rap anymore. Did it here first. Oh my god. That's what I'm talking about. Hey ho. Uh.